3: hey how's it going everyone you are listening to another episode of nerd efficient i am one half of your host if you wide away but digitally sitting across from me is
4: danny fernandez
3: hey how's it going danny how's your how's your core going
4: oof I mean, it's going, I'm still, I'm still writing on the show. So we meet virtually mm. and um, that's interesting, you know, cause I'm like wearing a bikini top as a bra and I'm like, <laughs> you know, like nobody really sees very much. I got my, like, I got like tiny like yoga shorts on. Yeah. Molly w- is a menace. Everyone asks about my dog and she's like straight up rear windowing it. Just like watching every neighbor and like barking at them to stay inside
3: yeah so. she's 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 poop uh pent up got got that uh, she's going stir crazy she's like i need to sniff butts i need to be out there running and smelling the grass
4: she's like stay home save lives she's just like screaming at people
3: <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> if i gotta stay inside you better get inside right now
4: how's your quarantine going how's naomi
3: oh uh, good you know she's getting stir crazy too i i remember the not too long ago, i took her for a walk and her and another kid saw each other and they looked like they both never saw another kid for years and I was like all right both wow. of y'all need to relax y'all need to chill the f out but other than that good very very good very good I just got a box set of Hayao Miyazaki uh all his works and I, I didn't know I didn't know he did the Lupin the third movie so that was like a nice uh kind of uh surprise but yeah so i got that i've been buying so many blu-rays i got akita uh gorn Lagan, big O, uh really and then i bought like a blu-ray holder i'm just gonna have so so much physical media by the time we're done
4: well that's good because a lot of streaming sites have been like mine keeps buffering so much oh, yeah. because everyone's on it and it's literally driving me nuts yeah like, that's what everyone was saying yeah.
3: That's why I was like, okay, yeah, this is a good time. And, like, you know, I mean, I, you know, I will say the streaming sites do keep up with 4K and stuff. So it looks gorgeous either way. But there is something to just having it pop it in and you're not, you know, waiting for buffering. You're just getting that crisp, crisp uh, Blu ray, uh, you know, picture. Uh,
4: you know who else <laughs> is going to have all the Miyazaki stuff? HBO Max. They have the oh, rights to yeah. it. They're up- uploading all of it. And, you know, they're my, I was going to say, they're my baby mama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're in a relationship together. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> this week, I have no segue. Last week, I had the best segues, but this week, I have no. Speaking of relationships, no. Um, <laughs> we have assistant editor at the Mary Sue. She's also the co-host of It's Lit from PBS. It is Princess Week.
5: Hey. Hi, you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. Are you, I love you guys so much. Oh, are you binging anything right now? I am currently binging Deep Space Nine. Uh, it's my first Ooh. Trek, like for real, for real. I got really into Discovery and I was like, well, let me watch the other Black one. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm having a good time with it. It's sadly very topical and relevant right now. Yeah, no joke.
4: Uh ify you'll be proud of me because the thing i've been bing- binging is jojo oh
3: yeah i saw it in your stories i was like oh yeah getting Ooh. on that see how you liking those buff men
4: oh he's so thick i'm yeah. very <laughs> happy he's so thick and just beautiful
3: yeah i that's oh, what wow. i was saying is it's crazy how in jojo they do not neglect the thighs. Like they're they also they're buff upper body, but they also have like ripped quads too. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. Mm.
4: <laughs> He's like if um the Hulk were like royalty or something. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, so I'm just I'm still in season one, but I heard it gets even better, right? Oh yeah,
3: season season one is kind of hard for people because of that royal kind of cheesy talk. It gets a little better in part two of season one when it like bumps up to like the 70s, and then after that, it's a little more current, and that's when it's really it's a a really easy watch. But I didn't mind it too much.
4: Me either, because I actually love that. I was like, oh, this is hella like Count of Monte Cristo vibe. Yes, exactly.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, with me, what I'm binging is this show called Gintama, which is uh, it's a it's an anime, but it's like comedy action. And it's been really it's funny because there's they do a lot of like topical Japanese humor and they'll try and you know how anime when it subs, they'll like. Put a whole chunk of information at the top of this, like you have to pause it because it's like a paragraph explaining a joke within a paragraph of a dialogue, and I'm like, wait, hold, hold up, hold up. Uh, <laughs> but it's been a, it's been a fun watch, and uh, yeah, I've, I've just been enjoying that. So I'm, um, I'm real excited that we're all binging some nice and nerdy things. Uh, but we're getting into some nice and nerdy things, uh, talking about a, a character from DC who I feel like. She's, she's been getting a lot of waves from Birds of Prey, but, you know, her names have been popping up, you know, quite, quite a bit because, uh, was it, correct me if I'm wrong, but she was part of the, um, uh, or I guess it was the same name, the, the other Birds of Prey. That isn't the one that was the movie, right?
5: The TV show? Yes. Yeah, she uh, a version of her was in it. Uh, oh, well, I'm a a yeah. version of her was in it.
3: <laughs> Whenever anybody says a version, I'm like, uh oh, here we go.
4: <laughs> yeah. So, okay. so, um, what if he's talking about this week? We're covering Black Canary, and um, if he did, you get to watch Birds of Prey yet?
3: No, I'm an idiot. Mm. I was, Yeah, I I have it on my on my like queue, but I have not watched it because I've been doing all these uh (laughs) these super punch live streams.
4: Um, well, it is fantastic. It's wild. I mean, obviously we're all kind of up in arms about the fact that it's not it's so good and like not getting the credit, obviously, that it deserves. Mm -hmm. But another thing I want to say is the fight scenes are glorious. Like they're really good. Like they're really well choreographed. Um so and just funny like honestly just funny and like dark but light-hearted and has you know each woman is so different and Definitely worth checking out. But it's kind of crazy because people were like, y'all are watching Tiger King and you can't even spend 90 minutes watching Birds of Prey, <laughs> you know? Yeah,
3: I know I fall into that category where it's like, trust me, it's on my list. It's definitely 100% my stuff. I I was almost going to mess up and say, you know, the other word, but it's definitely in my lane. It is just one of those things where like it came out and that, that's what's so interesting too. I will say, because yeah, we, I, I'm sure later in the podcast we'll really get into just how weird it was for the promotion of this movie but even like now when everyone's at home it really seems like the they didn't do any promotion that it was out the way i found out it was out was from my friends posting Mm -hmm. that they were watching it And i was like that's weird uh you know you would think that you would push this release even harder since everyone is stuck at home right now and you I don't know, it just feels everything around just the lack of promotion, both on screen and on uh, on its, like, you know, digital release just feels
4: off. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Um, Well, Princess, I wanted to start with, like, what was your first introduction to Black Canary that you remember?
5: Um, So my first introduction to her was when I watched Justice League Unlimited. There's an episode where she shows up And I remember the, it's, you see a panning shot and she's on top of this truck and you see like her like boots and fishnets first. And then she just destroys five burglars with all of this amazing martial arts skills. And I knew then that I was hooked. I just, I fell in love with that character. I loved how she was both very like sexy, obviously, but like, competent she can just step into a room and just destroy everybody in there either fighting hand to hand or using her canary cry and i was a stand from that moment
4: what about uh you iffy do you remember your first introduction when you first saw her
3: yeah my f- my first introduction went to black canary i think is when when did that when when did the birds of prey show pop up <laughs> let me let me see that Oh.
4: <laughs> in the 2000s, right?
3: Okay. No, there was like a live yeah. action version, right? Okay,
4: the live action one was there were a couple.
3: The earliest one, what's the earliest one?
4: Like ever? It looks like 1979.
3: Okay. <laughs> Definitely not that 2002.
4: <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, that's, oh yes in the birds of Prey, like the actual show yeah yeah, yeah.
3: 2002 yes, was yes when yes. they did so that was kind of like when she kind of was on my radar for me uh and definitely yeah her justice league uh appearances but also um she was doing some stuff uh, during like the new 52 era mm-hmm. and i think that's when i got sprinklings like new 52 i was right when i was in the in the like the 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 critical mass of me buying comic books and having a pull pull list, like it was, uh, it was like the the heroic age. I think they were trying to call it for Marvel and New Fifty Two. It was brightest day, and then it led to New Fifty Two. We had the Flashpoint event, and so I got I took this as an opportunity to really get to know characters in DC outside of me, and they had this really cool with Deadshot as a pirate, you know, cause they did these alt series during flash uh, flashpoint because there was all these alternate universe. So all these heroes and one was where Batman was Bruce Wayne's father. And it was actually his son that died and his son and wife. It was like really cool stuff. But then at the new 52 stage, they kind of rebooted everything. And I kind of tried to get a little bit of everything. And so she, she was sprinkled around because there was the team um, where they had a, uh, team seven i think it was called and and i was seeing a little bit of her in that
4: um you know i don't remember maybe it was also in 2002 but um i really remember when um she popped up in smallville
3: oh yes that was that was after Mm -hmm. yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. oh Mm -hmm. yep oof the (laughs) mims
4: and then of course in uh in the cw world like that's that's what i you know remember until this movie like you know the most vividly but obviously also in the animation and the animated shows but i think like actually the embodiment of like seeing her in live action that was mine until birds of prey until this film came out
3: yeah but yeah i mean before we before we get too deep i think we can go into the the intro into uh you know the nitty-gritty of black canary which is The fact that Robert Kaniger and uh, Carmine Infantino created the character in 1947 to be featured in Flash comics as a supporting character. Appearing first as a Kladenstein crime fighter who infiltrates criminal organizations to break them from the inside, Black Canary was drawn with fishnet stockings and and a black leather jacket to connote images of a sexualized yet strong female character. She appeared as a character in a backup story featuring Johnny Thunder.
4: Yeah, so this is um, from Carmine. It says, I was drawing Johnny Thunder, which was not much of a character. I suppose he could have been better because his Thunderbolt was interesting. But the situations they were in were pretty juvenile. Bob Kanninger wrote wrote these stories and he had no respect for the characters.
5: Wow! It's always
4: (laughs) funny when we discover tea. There's so much tea. Oh, yeah. (laughs) These these stories were nowhere near as good as the Flash stories. DC knew it. They knew Johnny Thunder was a loser. This is a lot. Um, I brought on the Black Kid into the series immediately. She got a good response and it was bye-bye Johnny Thunder. Nobody missed him. Wow. He was a scrub. (laughs) This is open public knowledge, so I don't mind quickly spilling the tea on this Ben Affleck thing. The Gone Girl commentary had a director's commentary. David Fincher was like, there was a scene and he was like, oh, in this scene where Ben Affleck is putting on a hat and going through the airport and he doesn't want to be recognized from the news. And he was like, given like something something how unprofessional of an actor ben affleck is <laughs> he refused to wear a yankees hat even though it would fit the character because that's where the character is from because he's a. Because Ben Affleck is like a Boston fan, and so he Uh, shut down.
3: That that lines up. That lines up with a. I
4: can't yeah. (laughs) And he said, he said it shut down production for four days. So my guys had to sit around for four days. We wasted, and he just did not care. He just straight up was like he's unprofessional, and I was like, and it was in a commentary for his movie.
5: Wild. Oh my god!
4: In
3: in his defense, if they tried to get me to wear a uh, Celtics jersey, I'd be like, nah, nah, nah. they
5: they're paying
4: him like
5: I I don't even they're paying him like I don't know ten million (laughs) dollars. (laughs) Meanwhile. (laughs) <laughs> but, like, meanwhile, Chris Evans has been pretending to be from Brooklyn for like <laughs> a decade. <laughs> so it can be done.
3: So Black Canary is ranked the 71st greatest comic book character of all time by Wizard, and IGN rated her its 81st greatest all time comic book hero. She's number 26 on the Comic Buyer's Guides to 100 Sexiest Women in Comics list. Wow. She, yeah, she got a huge bump up when it turned into the Sexiest Women in Comics.
4: We talked about this in a in our other episode, but it was kind of wild how anime women in anime get seen as being over sexualized when you look at our the comic book covers from the nineties and it's like boobs that are so big it's like painful looking. Like it just looks
3: <laughs> That's what's so funny too, kind of watching um My Hero Academia and how they have characters like Midnight and uh-huh. um and mm-hmm. um what is it, Mount Lady, who are like overtly like kind of especially midnight midnight her whole thing is how sexual and how everyone finds it but then when you think about that my hero academia is based off of like western comics Mm -hmm. it's almost like it almost makes you wonder if they're almost making fun and winking at western audiences of being like oh yeah you always make fun of anime characters but here's how y'all superheroes be looking
4: I think that's 100% right because they, the other women in it aren't like there's women that have smaller, you know, oh, yeah. bodies in, in My Hero. And so like it's specifically especially because All Might is kind of making fun of or at least a nod to Western mm-hmm. superheroes. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's just mm-hmm. funny to me that we never talk about our own stuff. And uh, we're always like, oh, they're sexualizing. And it's like, no, we have that. Also, like a lot of these characters are teenagers, too oh yeah
5: especially starfire Mm
3: -hmm. oh my gosh starfire oh boy and i don't know if you remember princess the new 52 starfire that was so bad oh
5: do i remember
3: everyone had to be like okay this we went too far we went too far
5: (laughs) it was infamously bad that even fanboys were like no i think this is a bit much (laughs) do you know when um
4: when um Steve when Steve Carell in the 40 year old virgin he refers to boobs as like bags of sand (laughs) like that's what I think of with some of these comics it just looks like the boobs are about to burst open like it reminds me of like when my sister-in-law was breastfeeding it's just like there's like busting out of this that's what I mean about painful where it's just like it just looks like they're about to bust through their skin oh yeah.
5: yeah cup runneth over for sure
4: um So at her golden age debut, Black Canary was the alter ego of Dina Drake. Am I saying that? Or yeah, Dina. Dina. Dina Dina Drake. And participated in crime fighting adventures with her love interest and eventual husband, Gotham City detective Larry Lance. Did you, Princess, like this run or like her having a husband?
5: I have to say my favorite incarnation is actually her daughter, but I do like it when superpowered women have scrubs for husbands. Like Yeah, that's how I feel when
4: I watched Wonder Woman with um Steve Trevor. Like oh yeah. he's oh yeah. very much the sub. Like he's very he's very much like she wears the pants and he's okay with that. Um so I do love that about these DC ladies. Iffy, you need to make a comic like that. The supportive yeah.
3: dad. <laughs> yeah, good, good supportive dad. And I like those concepts. I like a good supportive dad. It's like, yeah, mom and and my daughter's out there fighting crime and I'm just, you know, over here doing dishes.
4: Um, so Black Canary was originally a hand to hand fighter without superpowers, who often posed as a criminal to infiltrate criminal gangs. Later stories depicted her as a world class martial artist. With a superpower, the Canary Cry, as a high-powered sonic scream, which could shatter objects and incapacitate and even kill powerful foes. Um, I actually did really like how they showed that in the new Birds of Prey movie. I was like wondering exactly how they would, um, if they would like burst out our eardrums in the theater. (laughs) But I felt like they did a really good job of that
3: so uh you know fun thing listeners so after the crisis on infinite earths event uh black black canary's origin was altered and the character were now two separate people uh dinah drake and her daughter dinah laurel lance and dinah drake married private investigator larry lance an acquaintance of james gordon and after the loss of her husband a retired dinah lance raised their daughter <clears throat> raised their daughter, Dinah Laurel Lance, who grew up surrounded by her mother's friends and former teammates of the Justice Society. Awed by her mother's exploits as the Black Canary and the adventures of the Justice Society, Dinah aspired to become a superheroine. However, the older Dinah did not approve of her daughter's wishes.
4: Well, Iffy, I did want to hop into her powers, and we are going to do that right after these messages.
6: LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here.
0: Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at right Rug Flooring
1: at Edu,
4: We are back. We're still talking about Black Canary. I wanted to talk about her powers because we kind of touched on them. But um, Princess, aside from her sonic scream, her Black Canary cry, um, what are some of the other powers that she's known for?
5: Well, the, her other really abilities are more her combat style. She is, after Lady Shiva and Batman, one of the top tier fighters in the DC universe period. She's trained in like several different sorts of combat skills and even with her canary cry that has changed over time, but the most consistent thing about her is that she can basically kick anyone's butt in any situation. Um she has beaten up Batman before and that was fantastic to watch. <laughs>
4: I feel like most people have an advantage over that man because he's literally wrapped in rubber. Like (laughs) it must be Mm -hmm. so difficult for him to move
5: (laughs) all the time.
4: And then, okay, so she, yeah, we have a list here of like all of her different martial arts style, which is like every style ever. Um, She has been trained by other top tier fighters, including Wildcat, Lady Shiva, Cassandra Cain, and Wonder Woman. Okay, so with the comics, in 1996, Oracle summoned Black Canary to work as an agent for her after a mission with her first agent, Power Girl, went awry. The duo formed the Birds of Prey, and when Dinah began working with the Birds of Prey, she got rid of her blonde wig and bleached her hair blonde. So she went full blonde. Um, (laughs) At first, Dinah did not get along with Oracle, but eventually the two put their disagreements aside and became best friends. As far as the Birds of Prey run, what do you think, Princess, what do you think, like, attracted people to this comic so much? Because it kind of just has lived on pretty iconically.
5: Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people, it was a great way to highlight Oracle because this was kind of, like, the really big thing that she had done post-becoming Batgirl and now is Oracle. So it was great seeing all of these women coming together to basically pick a team. And even though Chuck Dixon is the one who originated it, Gail Simone took over the series in like 2003, I believe. She really allowed all of the women to have really interesting dynamics. They were allowed to have genuine um, disagreements as a squad, but like really build together. And I think that um, in comparison to the film, what a lot of people really missed and wanted was that Oracle um Dinah Huntress relationship because that was like the core three of the of the birds of prey for a long time
4: yeah and so then they ended up adding um you know uh, Harley Quinn Poison Ivy um Mm -hmm. and I wanted to say Gail Simone which is just so she I know I've talked about on this podcast her like women in fridges which is still up she's the one that kind of coined that term as far as, uh, women being killed or hurt in some way to further the plot of a male character. Um, she is a treat to also follow on Twitter. Uh, cause she is just flexing on people constantly. Um, she people will be like, what do you even know about comics? Or like, what do you know about this person? And she'll like take a shot, like a screenshot of her library. And it's just like, she's like, read the names on it. And it's just her name written on like all of the comics. It's absurd when nerds try to come for her online. Cause it's like, do you even know who you're talking to? Like, Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It's so funny. I just love watching her flex constantly. But also as someone that that understands how often women are kind of just used as in very stereotypical tropey ways it was so great to have her not only getting this obviously but she's also known for Wonder Woman I mean she's one of my favorite Wonder Woman uh writers but just like being able to take full reins on this and same with the the Birds of Prey movie like just having women involved you can feel it like in the bones of this Mm -hmm. you know um so that was really that was really awesome and if you haven't uh picked up these comics it's a great time to still get comics i think even uh, a lot of comic book places are still trying to stay afloat this is just like a sidebar but you can do like no contact like pick up and stuff yes. with your fellow comics like hit them up ask them you know they're, they're trying to still they're still trying to stay in business so it's a great time to catch up on comics right now
3: very true very true we got lots of time inside. So feel free to go ahead and get at that pull list.
4: It's so funny, Princess, because I'm looking at this. Her from when we click on the animation thing in the the artwork, she looks like Harley Quinn. (laughs) So I'm really glad that they changed that for the
5: movie because it's like it would just be two Harleys. No, (laughs) for sure. They really like I was rewatching Suicide Squad the other day and I just have so many notes on Harley's costume. I hate almost everything about it. I hate. The best thing is that Margot Robbie is talented, but, like, man, the male department.
3: (laughs) Yeah. They went and ran with it. So, yeah, so uh, the the first animated appearance of uh, Dinah Drake is the basis of the character Donna Nance, uh, the Black Siren, who's voiced by Jennifer Hale in the Justice League animated series uh, episode Legends in 2002. Then the Dinah Laurel Lance version, which was voiced by Marina Baccarin, appears in the sequel series Justice League Unlimited, where she's a member of the Justice League. And uh, she has that romantic relationship with Green Arrow and uh, the partnership with Huntress during that series, which is probably like that kind of like kind of lobbed it up to what would make the, you know, Arrowverse team be like, oh, we need to bring her into the Arrowverse.
4: She's great in Arrowverse. Like she's really I love her I love her in that series and uh on the CW. I'm really glad with like also a great also a great uh channel that has a lot of badass women and queer people. They were like the more queer people and women the better. <laughs> so <laughs> I really respect them for doing that. I wanted to say Jennifer Hale little known fact is actually the voice of Cinderella. Oh, wow. So she, when the original Cinderella passed away, you know, we're getting to a point where some of our original Disney princesses are passing on and the mantle gets handed to the next. She has voiced Cinderella for 25 years, I believe. Um, she was on my Disney princess panel with the original princesses at New York Comic-Con. So that was really cool. She doesn't always get the credit, but like whenever you hear Cinderella now, that is her. So she's carrying on the legacy of that character. It's pretty cool. So the the black canary that I'm looking at right now, she has these gray leggings, uh, black boots, kind of like a blue top uh, or a blue navy. like uh, mm-hmm. navy. There, thank you, um, <laughs> um, and, a choker, <laughs> and a choker and a choker. And but this was heavily heavily changed for the movie, so. Princess, can you talk a little bit about her, the change in her looks? Because I I love what they did for her in the movie.
5: Yeah, for sure. Like the fishnet style is iconic. Like that's very much what Black Canary wears. But I definitely think that they did a good job at updating the costume. Actually, the costume that she wears at the end of the movie is a nod to sort of one of her older bodysuit costumes that used to exist. It was very disco. Um, and I think all the choices they made, because there's one where she's singing. Um, it's a man's world. She's wearing a fishnet dress, which looks amazing. And I think everything she wears is something that Dinah would wear um, in her day-to-day garb. Uh, and I think they just wanted to do something that was a little bit less voyeur voyeuristic, but still sexy. Because I think that you know she's still wearing like this really um, great bodice. She's still wearing these tight pants. But it's a little bit more functional than straight up corset bodysuit, boots, and fishnet leggings. Yeah. So I think it's a great choice.
4: I also want to say in every iteration
5: of her, is she also a singer? That's newer. Um, I believe in during one of the New 52 relaunches, they did a standalone series with Dinah, I believe it was Dinah Drake, and they incorporated the singing into it, and that is just sort of like built in since then so it's a fairly new edition but it has stuck um oh i just wanted to say uh one of the things that's really interesting about Dinah as a character in like the black canary is that she was part of the original um justice justice society of america so she's been like a really important figure in comic books for a really long time but she's just very underrated because she's both a legacy character Um, And she kind of gets overshadowed by some of the more powerful female staple characters like um, your Wonder Woman, your Supergirl. But I think the fact that she's managed to be so popular from like the late 40s onward just shows like how special she is and how much people do like to see a female character whose power is half just pure physical combat. And also she screams at you real loud. Yeah. (laughs) If I had a superpower, that would definitely be
4: mine. Because I used to always say that I wanted to stop time. I was like, I just need more time. And now I have the literal most time in the world. So I really regret saying that. (laughs) Um, And now if I could just end people with my scream, that would be great. We we have to take a really quick break. And then we're going to hop into the movie and then the future of Black Canary right after this. and we are back so something that it's kind of fascinating with with Black Canary and even Huntress in some way is that now that they've kind of aligned with Harley Quinn Harley Quinn I don't want to say she's not a hero but she's definitely an anti-hero and so do you think that Black Canary kind of hops back and forth between being being in that same space
5: um i i wouldn't say so i think that other than when they first tried to like make her play both teams and like the early early days of her creation she's pretty much been a solid hero i think that more has to do with dc trying to figure out how to deal with harley Mm -hmm. how to deal with the fact that she was a villain for so long and i think they attach her to characters like dinah like uh barbara gordon to sort of allow us to see the good in Harley rather than to see the moral grayness in those women. Gotcha. Yeah. That makes a lot of
4: sense. It's, I mean, I see Harley the same way. I mean, Poison Ivy is seen depending on whose view you're looking at. She's a villain. I mean, she literally plays a villain in the Batman movies, but when you think about it, she's actually not really doing anything that villainous. She's trying to say she believes in plants and like humans are ruining things. She's a scientist. And it's just like, whose viewpoint are you looking at? But however, I do view her and Harley as being definitely more chaotic like um Harley has like a this chaos energy where it's more like she'll like do anything to get what she wants, in my opinion. Um yeah. and so I feel like Black Canary has like slightly more morals than that. However, in Birds of Prey, it is really fascinating if we get another film, how they're gonna explore this, because I do agree that I feel like her being coupled with some of these other women, it kind of seems like they're more on the criminal, like heisty type of vibe.
5: Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. I think what I did appreciate is sort of how at the end they kind of do separate Harley from the rest of the gang. Um, they're like, oh yeah, there, there's those zoo gooders, the birds of prey. I think if we do get a sequel, it. I don't even know if Harley might actually be in it. I think they might try and do without and just go full birds of prey, birds of prey. But if they do bring Harley in, I think it'll be another situation where um, they are trying to do something legitimately good and Harley will be brought in because uh, there's something that she wants involved or because of her relationship with Cassandra, they might be like, oh, I have to protect this kid. And she wants to be nice to these other ladies. Well,
4: something that I, if he was talking about the promotion of this movie, and I think it might have been, I don't know if calling it Birds of Prey, which we all know in the comic book world, but a part mm-hmm. of me felt like that might have been people that aren't as familiar. Like you said, the, like it's not a Wonder Woman where it's like so known by its name, um, where I saw a lot of that conversation happening online. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I'm sure that it could have been promoted a lot more, but you are going against, I'm trying to think of how to word this, well, it's characters that aren't the A-list, right? Mm-hmm. Char- which is fine. But I mean, Marvel's been doing that. We just talked about Marvel will take C-list characters and put them up. And it's not that For they're sure. C-list like their storylines. It's just they're C-list because people don't know them as well. Um, so I feel no. like a part of that might have also led into this. Like some of these women aren't as well, some of these characters aren't as well known. So they almost need twice the marketing.
5: Yeah, it's it's interesting. I had I've had this conversation like all the time with my friends and my coworkers because like I am very familiar with all of these characters. Um and I think of something like Guardians of the Galaxy where it's like no one knew who those who those characters were, but people just trusted the Marvel brand so much at that point that they were willing to take that kind of risk with a movie like that. Also, it was PG-13 and I think that um it also I think it sold the storyline better in the trailers. I think that when you look at the trailers for Birds of Prey, they're not terrible, but I don't think they properly communicate what the film is about. And I also think that Harley Quinn is one of the biggest DC characters out there. I think someone referred to her as like the fourth tier after the big three which is like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, which is incredible for a character that's like literally my age because she was like invented in 1992. Um, But I think that at the point Birds of Prey came out, people were still kind of like, uh, about DC movies. They were still kind of, uh about the whole vibe. I think that Suicide Squad was really bad and people didn't know if it was a sequel to suicide squad they didn't know how tight it was into that so i think birds of prey unfortunately absorbed a lot of the dceu stigma that was already in the ether i would have thought that would have been over after shazam and aquaman did well but you have that plus the whole element of this is a female-led superhero movie with like all women and like two villainous dudes. And it was the first, I think it's the first female led uh, comic book movie of this like oeuvre that is really targeted and framed towards a non-cis male audience. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that in an inflammatory way, but I mean, it's not, it's written by women, it's directed by women, the character design is women, it's very diverse, you know. It's like one of the few Marvel movies that will call a character gay in the text. Um, it is one of the few to have like actual, like an older Latina lesbian woman in the front and center and showing off some very good delicatage at one point. Um, <laughs> so I think it just, it was, it, I think it should have done Deadpool numbers. But I don't think that the audience for Deadpool is inherently the audience for Birds of Prey, and that sucks because the movie is excellent. But I think that being rated R, having a cast that people didn't really know, and just being part of a brand that has been very messy, just made it very hard for people to like take a risk on this film.
4: Yeah. So I guess aside from because my my answer, I guess, was to do more promoting. Do you think that there's something else? that could have been done to kind of get this film, the attention that it should have.
5: I think that it's hard because I, because I'm in New York, so I saw it promoted everywhere. So it's hard to I'm in that kind of industry bubble, but I think it, I think honestly it should have been PG 13 just for like an audience boundary thing, like in terms of getting a broader audience, excuse me. And I think it should have just, done more individual poster trailers. I think that they should have just called it um, the Birds of Prey. I think calling it the Birds of Prey and the Glorious Emancipation of Harley Quinn was just too long, no one knew what that meant. They should have just simplified the title, simplified the brand, and really worked to curate it in like, put more promotion when we had conventions, more events for that, just more engagement in social media. I think they overall did as best of a job as they could because I saw a lot of things for it. But I think that that's because I'm in New York and people, you know, put in money there. But I think other places didn't really get that same promotion.
4: No, it's wild because when, uh, totally different movie, but um, when Coco came out, it was like all over LA. But I would hear like fans and stuff on Twitter would be like, there's, I haven't seen a single billboard or like anything for it at all. In like the mm. South. And so it was just kind of like, ugh, I guess maybe some places are picking and choosing where I wonder if some places they're like, oh, it's not even worth it. They won't even go, you know? Right.
5: Yeah. Cause I had friends who lived in like Portland and one of my friends lives in Kansas City and they're like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen any promotion for it. Meanwhile, yeah. I'm at Times Square seeing like <laughs> 10 different Harley Quinn posters and I'm like, I'm seeing a lot of it. So I don't think it had that broad marketing campaign behind it
4: where were all the people who are super in the hot topic and are like she was his queen and he was her king and nobody's <laughs> between
5: them and it's like joker phenomenal. and harley where are all the joker heads why did they right. show up obviously not <laughs> although i did see that the hot topic line was phenomenal though mm-hmm. i bought several pieces so i It's it's really difficult and I'm like, I'm looking at like the budget for this movie and just compared to like other big name films, it was very small. Like the budget for Suicide Squad, I'm looking it up right now, was like $175 million. And for Birds of Prey, it's between 80 and 100 million. So it's like, you know, a smaller budget, you know, means like less marketing other places and it just, It's a bummer.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Well, hopefully people listen to, I mean, go and watch it. We haven't given anything away. So hopefully, um, no spoilers here. And I hope that (laughs) y'all listening will go and check it out because it is super dope. And I do hope we get another one. Um, I'm pretty sure we'll continue. I mean, here's what I'm thinking is they're gonna pull in Poison Ivy, like straight up. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure that she's gonna pop into one of these if she's not already gonna be in the Batman. Um, and that's what I want to see. I need, you know, now that Harley is broken away from the Joker, I need to go ahead and see her live her life with poison Ivy. (laughs) They have their vegan farm together and they're growing vegetables. That's like the world that I see next is like, now you're in this, uh, if you are uh, emancipated and you know, whatnot, now you're in the healing process of like, letting your guard down with someone who understands the life that you went through and like i don't know i'm very into it i've read too much fan fiction
5: (laughs) no that's the truth that's what we deserve deserve yeah
4: (laughs) what about you what do you want to see for the future of this uh franchise or black canary I, i
5: definitely want to
3: see yeah more uh more like birds of prey content i like i like that idea that was just floated about Uh, You know, if the sequel was just the Birds of Prey and this was just an interaction with Harley and if this was a device to also not only introduce uh, us to the adventures of Birds of Prey, but slowly introduce other female villains like, you know, maybe get a like poison ivy appearance down the line get some Catwoman in there you know just slowly but just introducing the new like rogues gallery to the point where then they stop being you know friends and they actually go toe to toe
4: and of course i'm always pushing for having more ladies who are quote unquote older because mm-hmm. um, having renee montoya like that was just so amazing because it's just like uh, and we had a great re- resurgence this past year of having uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and um, not Linda. Why am I blanking on her name from Terminator? Linda Hamilton. Yeah, Linda Hamilton. I was about to say Linda Carter. Linda Carter can come <laughs> back too. Um, yes, yeah, she should. But like, I'm. They're badass. Like, they're they can still kick butt, and like, I really want to see that happening more in these comic book films. If we can have men playing like villains and superheroes until Robert Downey Jr. is 55. So like, which it doesn't feel that old to me, but like we can have more women that are in their fifties and sixties too.
5: No, for sure. My dream for my Birds of Prey sequel dream is that they will bring in Lady Shiva mm-hmm. because um, she's Cassandra Kane's mother. And uh, that would just be the, and she's been a long time Birds of Prey, like antagonist. And so it'd be perfect to bring her in and you could just see some amazing fighting. You can get like an older, um, well, the actress who plays Cassandra Kay is is Korean and Filipina. So you could get like a brown Asian woman to like play this role and be like this awesome martial artist and just a lot of amazing female fight scenes. I think that'd be so cool. I'm going to nab her from Marvel, but Angela
4: Bassett, I think we could we didn't really get to see her fighting as much and i think i think we can go ahead and pull her over too i just want to see i know um over there i think selma hayek is going to be in the eternals right so it's like just more women in their 50s and 60s that i think are glorious and just should be kicking butt
3: no, I think, uh, you know, if this in, uh, if if Birds of Prey, the movie inspired you, definitely go out and like support them in the comic books and, and buy those comics. So, you know, uh, people can can keep reading them and, uh, you know, spread the gospel. That's, that's, that's what I that's what I always like to say.
4: <laughs> I guess, Princess, what is one that you for people that are now interested in checking out uh, Black Canary? What are do you have any comics that you recommend they hop into?
5: I definitely recommend uh, the Birds of Prey run that was by Gail Simone. I think it's very good at really explaining who the characters are. And you do see a lot of really good um, Dinah. Also her standalone series for the New 52 was also really excellent. She's tends to be put a lot more in um, Green Arrow because I don't think we mentioned it, but um, in the comics, Dinah Lance, Her primary love interest is Oliver Queen, the Green Arrow, they're like Endgame, and their relationship is great. And so in the Green Arrow Rebirth, she plays a really big role in that series. So it also gives you really good Green Arrow, Black Canary content as well. Well, this has been another edition
4: of Nerdificent, Quarantined. We did it.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was trying to do a play on words, but it didn't work. So I'm just going to say, Princess, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you and do you have anything to plug?
5: Uh, I write at the Mary Sue every day because I love it. I also <laughs> do videos on, for PBS for It's Lit. You can find me on Twitter at Weeks Princess, W-E-E-K-E-S. And um, I'm just happy to be here. You guys are great. So this was a lot of fun for me. So thanks for having me. To Yay. Talk about my favorite superhero.
4: <laughs> um, I am at Miss Danny Fernandez on all the things. Thank you again, everyone, for being patient. We are still learning all of our audio. See, it's better than when our first week when we had to record on our cell phone. That was rough, but we appreciate everyone that stuck around. And uh, we're going to continue to try to bring y'all some fun good content to keep you, to keep you company while you're oh, cleaning, yeah. cooking, all the things that you're doing.
3: All the things. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And same here, uh, way on Twitter and if, Instagram, if d's on, uh, on Twitch and, uh, you know, after this week, uh, super punch will be on hiatus until May. So I won't be on super punch nightly, but you know, still tune in to uh, my personal Twitch and hop in the Discord. The anime uh, club is going off. We finished Black Lagoon. Now we're trying to decide on the next uh, anime that we're gonna that we're all gonna watch. Uh, and you know, and people are talking, having lots of fun conversations. It seems like everyone's really uh, bonding during this quarantine in the Discord. So don't be a stranger. Pull up. Uh, yeah, and I guess. Like we always say,
4: stay, stay nerdy. nerdy. We, uh, we'll never get it. A, okay, <laughs> I'm going to pretend we did.
0: Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit RightRug.com.